Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Torres Podcast, and it is April the 8th, 2020. We are officially three days removed from the last night of WrestleMania, which means uh, WrestleMania has happened. That is correct. Uh, WrestleMania 36 happened Saturday and Sunday, April the 4th and April the 5th of this year. So uh, when you really think about it, it's actually kind of cool. Because, uh, 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 forgive me for that. Um, when you think about it, it's actually cool because when you think about it, uh, the Tokyo Dome show for New Japan usually happens January the 4th. So now you have WrestleMania on April 4th this year. Of course, they can't do it every year. Uh, next year, I think WrestleMania will take place in Hollywood. And as far as I recall, it is only being advertised for one day, which is like March the 28th. I doubt they'll do March 27th and 28th. Um, I think the reason they did it this year was just purely because they needed to get out some content. Uh, and they couldn't do the Hall of Fame uh, for Saturday. Therefore, they had to go ahead and find a way to, uh, you know, just fill that time uh, for Saturday. Uh, tonight, as I record this, is the NXT TakeOver on USA. I am not watching it live. I will actually catch the replay and then I'll have a review up of that probably sometime during the weekend. Uh, I did not catch the Raw after Mania, um, so I'm not going to touch on that. The only thing that I do know is that Aleister Black and Apollo, what's his name, Cruz, I think is, is what they call him. Uh, they basically went like a, had a 28 to a 30 minute match. And apparently it was supposed to be like some banger, but I didn't watch it. You know, I'm not going to go back and try to watch it. I really don't care for, for Raw or SmackDown, uh, to, to be to be honest with you guys. Um, so, again, I'm not going to touch on the Raw after Mania, nor will I probably touch on the SmackDown after Mania, because let's be honest, SmackDown is probably, like, the weakest of the three shows right now. Um, like, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, or if you could say four shows if you count um, AEW as the shows um, that are probably, like, the important wrestling shows right now. Because, um, let's be honest, Impact is not important at all. Uh, but, anyway, so, let's touch on WrestleMania. Like I say, WrestleMania was over the course of two nights. Uh, it was four hours long on Saturday, if you include the pre-show, and it was four and a half hours long on Sunday, if you include the pre-show. Um, that, mean, that means WrestleMania ended literally at... Uh, nine o'clock on on Saturday and nine thirty, I believe, on Sunday. That is the first time a WrestleMania has ended that early. They usually end close to ten, or since WrestleMania thirty two, they've ended close to um eleven, eleven thirty here um Central Time. Uh, so that was uh another historic thing uh, that happened this past weekend. Uh, was the ending time. Uh, so you have Corey Graves and Mr. Rosenberg, I think is his name, the the the, the dweeb from uh, ninety seven. Uh, uh, was it is it ninety seven nine or whatever the fuck he's on? He's that radio station guy. He's a dweeb. I don't care. Uh, but him and Corey Graves. Corey Graves also a dweeb now. Um, he used to be like the best commentator they had uh, for this era, and it is just terrible to be honest with you. Um, 
so yeah, uh, they were on the pre-show. Uh, they did not call the match, though. I think I don't know who called the pre-show match. It was Cesaro and Drew Gulak. I'll be honest, I did not watch it, or I, it, I had it just playing in the background. I did not pay attention to it. But the match went four minutes twenty-five uh, seconds. Apparently, um, I'm just pulling off the times um, from what I see on the internet. Uh, and Cesaro, of course, went over. Uh, if you guys don't know, Brian and Gulak are feuding with Cesaro, Nakamura, and. Zane. Uh, so that's the current feud going for them right now, which honestly has a shit ton of talent um, in that. So that's actually really cool. Uh, but as we get to the actual main card, uh, we did have JBL and uh, Michael Cole calling, uh, I think, the SmackDown side and then Byron Saxton. And I think his name is Tom Phillips. Uh, forgive me, because like I said, I don't really keep up with the commentators now. If your name isn't Michael Cole, or Corey Graves, or Jenna King Lawler, like, I really don't know you, I only know Byron Saxon, because he's a, he's like a dweeb, but he's like a funny dweeb, if that makes sense, like, I, I, I fucks with Byron, but I don't fucks with Byron, I, I don't know, it's kind of weird, he, he's kind of annoying, but he kind of isn't, uh, but anyways, the first match was Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, they defeated, uh, the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane for the, um, SmackDown Women's titles, uh, Asuka just cannot catch a break when it comes to WrestleMania. Uh, of course, that's where she had her undefeated streak beat uh, by Charlotte back at 34, I believe it was. I think that's the one I went to. And, um, uh, you know, I don't recall her doing much uh, since she was supposed to have. Of course, she was going to go into the uh, event with the SmackDown Women's title last year, but dropped it to Charlotte before, you know, anything happened. Um, so... There's that for them. Uh, Sane actually took the pin in this match, so I guess it kind of helps Asuka, uh, who I did have a uh, win over Liv Morgan the next night on Raw, so I guess that kind of helps um, Asuka. As for uh, Bliss and Cross, I'm a huge Bliss fan, uh, fan uh, mostly because she's pretty, um, and I, I don't think she's, like, bad in the ring, but she's not great. Like, she's not uh, elite tier, but she's decent, and she's a hell of a uh, talker on the mic, so um, for those who, like, bash her, you know, why? Uh, but anyways, uh, that match itself went 15 minutes and five seconds. It was a, a pretty decent match, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I have no complaints. I, I really have no complaints from a lot of these matches on the card. Uh, there are like one or two that I have complaints about, and we'll, we'll of course, get into those. Um, the next match was Elias and, 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 and Corbin. This was that match that I had an issue with. Um, and, of course, Elias won because this was... It was pretty much supposed to be a night of babyface wins, but except for one, like, match on this card. There was, like, well, actually, two matches on the card I would consider heel, heel wins. But this is, like, you know, it's WrestleMania. It's a feel-good pay-per-view. Um, it's supposed to bring the end to, to certain feuds and start new ones uh, for the next night on Raw. Um, but, of course, with everything going on, it's kind of hard for me to do that. So, uh, like I said, Elias beat Corbin. This was probably, like one of the most boring matches from both nights. Uh, and the match went like nine minutes, so there's there's that. Um, Becky Lynch defeated Shayna Baszler in eight minutes and 30 seconds. Eight minutes and 30 seconds is how long this match went compared to Baron Corbin and Elias, who got 30 seconds more. That is terrible. Uh, and, of course, Becky Lynch won. The match was okay. It was not. If you guys heard my preview, you heard me say that 
I have high hopes for this match that I feel like I will be let down, and that's kind of what I was. It wasn't a terrible match, but it was so short, um, and the outcome made no sense. Um, Becky Lynch beat uh, Shayna Baszler. I did say in my preview that there was a high possibility of that happen happening because they could be bringing back uh, Ronda Rousey once the coronavirus uh, stuff ends. And they want her to be the one to, you know, maybe take the belt from Lynch. I, I have no idea. Um, apparently, Vince is kind of like soured on Shayna Baszler. That rumor went around like a few months ago. But, you know, she ended up winning the uh, Women's Royal Rumble simply because the match was already being promoted. Um, and it would have been dumb to just change it at a minute, you know, at last minute. Um, even though a lot of matches were changed at the last minute. Uh, but. Yeah, I don't know where Shayna goes from here. She did make a tweet saying that she it's more than about the title now. I mean, that's cool and all, right? But why? You lost fair and square. I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get why <clears throat> why she had to lose. She didn't win the rumble, which I thought was their first mistake. And she did not win uh WrestleMania. Um uh, now I was of course told that maybe this was supposed to be like, uh, you know, NXT went over heavy at Survivor Series, so they're going to do the job at Mania. That could be the reason. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, she's no longer on NXT anymore. She's technically a part of Raw. Uh, Her and now Bianca Belair, because she's on Raw now uh, from the the night after uh, Mania. Uh, So... Anyways, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the booking of um, of uh, Shayna Baszler right now. I, I think that that was a terrible, terrible call to make. Um, I think she should have beaten Becky. Uh, I don't think there's anything left for Becky to do. The entire women's locker room is pretty much dead at this point on both brands when you really think about it. Not necessarily on NXT. NXT, like I said, they're still doing a fine job with their women. They're actually going to have a ladder match tonight, so that's actually going to be really cool. But Shayna, like, killed the entire women's division inside of Elimination Chamber, right? And then um, nothing happens on SmackDown. Uh, Bailey just, just beat the entire women's division on SmackDown. Um Becky has beaten the entire women's division on Raw. Like, where is there? What is? What else is there for her to do except for to rematch Ronda, whose shoulders weren't even down during the WrestleMania 35 main event? I mean, that's that's really all she can do. When you look at someone like Charlotte, who has beaten everyone on both rosters as well, at least they moved her to NXT for some fresh matchups. You know. Um, so that could be a good thing. I would say do the same for Becky. But then you're into the problem of having Becky and Charlotte on, on NXT. And that is a terrible, terrible decision. But anyways, I digress. Um, the next match was for the Intercontinental title. And it had a running time, uh, ring, in total ring time of uh, 9 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, so the, the longest match so far is 15 minutes and 5 seconds. And that is the women's tag team match. Um so, uh, Zayn, uh, Sami Zayn defended against, uh, Daniel Bryan and what I thought was a pretty good match. Um, Bryan, of course, ends up losing. Um, I really thought Bryan was getting the title here, but this could, this could be a good thing. This could definitely be a good thing. Um, this could lead to 
Shinsuke Nakamura maybe somewhere down the line getting tired of Zayn, and we get a rematch of their <clears throat> of their fantastic fucking match that they had at uh, at uh, NXT uh, Dallas uh, back in 2016, and that could lead to maybe Nakamura saying, you know what, I respect the hell out of Daniel Bryan. I want to defend against Daniel Bryan, and we finally get that singles match, even though I know they just did it in an episode of SmackDown with, like, no clear uh, finish. Mm, I hate when they do matches like that, because it's like, why are you giving this match away when you know you don't want neither of these guys to lose? And, um, yeah, that, that's that's what happened there, and, and uh, like I said, Zane, Zane retained, and I'm happy. I'm happy for Zane. I am a huge fan of Zane. I have been calling for this man to be a champion inside of the WWE forever, like literally forever, I think he is one of the most talented people uh, on that roster, I think he is one of the best wrestlers on that roster, Um, but I think the guy that's leading the bunch is, of course, Daniel Bryan, Bryan has not, like, let me down in any matches that he's had on pay-per-view lately, again, I don't watch SmackDown or Raw, so it's kind of hard to tell whether or not he has been having bad matches on that, but um, I, I love Daniel Bryan and I love Sami Zayn and I'm so glad these guys got to work together at WrestleMania, even though it was in front of no one. Um, and it was like not, you know, a very long classic match that it could have been. Um, so, and honestly, I think the fact that WrestleMania was in front of no one kind of like rendered how long these matches were going to go and what matches could be classics. Cause you're not gonna wrestle very long in front of no one, you know. And and plus, it's it's a it's a eight it's an eight card show. You don't want to overextend it, you know. So I understand. Uh, Morrison defeated uh, the the one Uso, Jimmy Uso, and Kofi Kingston in a triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Title. That match went 18 minutes and 30 seconds. So now that is officially the longest match on the uh, card. Um, it's so weird. Because last year, Kofi, of course, was in the um, the WWE title match, as, along with Daniel Bryan. And these two, one's battling for an Intercontinental title, and the other is battling for a tag team title in a triple threat match. It, it's, it's so weird uh, how much changes within a year. Like, these two were at the top last year, and in my opinion delivered probably match of the year uh, and the best match on that card, uh, in my opinion, which should have been the main event of uh, WrestleMania 35. Um, But of course, you know, propaganda and you want to promote your women and whatever. But this match was awesome. Of course, it's it's got John Morrison and Kofi Kingston, and I find both Usos to be very talented, even though I can never tell them apart, um, and even though they are always, you know, getting in trouble for, for drinking and driving and shit like that, but that does not hinder their um, their in-ring skill, and, and trust me, their in-ring skill is phenomenal, like super phenomenal, uh, so either one of them in this match would have been awesome, Big E in this match would have been awesome, um, and Miz in this match would have been awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Miz, but of course, uh, the match was changed because, uh, Miz was, like, sick or something, and kind of, like, pissed off one of the Usos because of Roman, and yeah, it, it's a long, you know, I already talked about it, but, uh, yeah, Morrison won, uh, he got headbutted, like, from the top of the ladder, he fell down, and, um, 
he was able to basically just keep the belts held on to when he fell. Uh, and I think he fell on top of a ladder, if I'm not mistaken. So took a pretty hard bump there. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really, really, really good match. Uh, where they go from here, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the SmackDown Tag Division. You always have the Usos and the New Day in the tag in the tag title picture. And I mean, yeah, they always produce good matches and stuff like that. But it's like you, you got to move on. Um, you got to uh, you know add other people into that mix. Otherwise, it gets stale, which it really already has. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of people just switching the teams around. I don't care about no draft. Do some trades. You know, do some, hey, we want to trade you this tag team for this tag team. Or we'll send this tag team to NXT for that tag team or something. You know, anything. Just anything. Uh, the uh, sixth match on the main card, or seventh match, seventh match overall, if you include the uh, pre-show match, was Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Now, I'll be honest with you. Huge fan of both of these guys. I think they're really, really good. More huge uh, fan of Kevin Owens um, just because of the way he debuted in NXT and the way he debuted uh, on the main roster, I think, like, six months later when he faced John Cena. Um, I love Kevin Owens. And uh, I like Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins is awesome. I think um, he... I was one of those people who thought Rollins should have been the face of the company instead of Reigns uh, until he opened his Twitter fingers, you know. Uh, and I say open his Twitter fingers because I can't. He didn't technically open his mouth, but he did open his mouth in some interviews, like when he like said something about uh, Moxley and shit, and just the stuff he said uh, during his run last year as the top guy really, really hurt him um, in the eyes of a lot of fans, myself included. Uh, but uh, anyways, I thought this match was—I thought it would be good, but I—I I really thought it was going to be a letdown. I'll be honest with you. Uh, these two uh, had a feud over the Universal Title back in 2016, I think it was 2016, and then I think heading into 17, it was Owens and uh, Owens and what you call it. Reigns, there you go, and so, eh, I'll be honest, like, their Hell in a Cell match was pretty good, but, like, the rest of their matches are just, like, uh, okay to good, and I didn't too much, like, care for them, to be honest, uh, I mean, like, they weren't bad, but they just weren't the classics that I thought they would be, um, and so, you know, that's kind of where I was, just, I was thinking this match was going to be, but the roles were reversed, Owens, uh, of course, playing the face, and Rollins being the heel, um, this was a really fucking good match. Uh, Owens wins f- first by DQ, and then he, of course, calls Rollins a bitch, which was technically the theme of the night, uh, or the weekend, really, uh, was calling someone a bitch or using the word shit. Um, and Owens, of course, told Rollins to come back. They'll restart the match. No DQ. So they brawl for a little bit. Uh, Owens jumps off of the WrestleMania logo through the table uh, to elbow um, um uh, Rollins, and uh, throws him in the ring, hits a stunner, one, two, three. Fantastic, fantastic match. Uh, I really, really, I really enjoyed night one more than night two. Um, and night two was so stacked, in my opinion. But I'll get to that later. 
Um, but yeah, man, this match was just it was it was phenomenal. I I, I can't. I mean, me talking about it does it justice. Just go watch it. Um, watch all of night one. It, watch both nights actually. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm so proud and happy for these guys that they got to have this um, really good match. And, and even if it was in front of nobody, um, the next match: Braun Strowman and Goldberg. The match went like this: the bell rings, Goldberg hits a spear. Braun Strowman gets up, Goldberg hits a spear. Braun Strowman gets up, Goldberg hits a fucking spear. Braun Strowman gets up, Goldberg hits a spear. And then Goldberg is basically signaling for the jackhammer. What, what did you want? Uh, anyways, my bad. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, I'm talking to myself. No, I'm not. I'm talking to someone. Uh, but so anyways, so Goldberg signals for the jackhammer, right? And as he goes for the jackhammer, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, there is no way he's going to be able to pick up Braun because he botched the Undertaker jackhammer and he botched the Bray Wyatt jackhammer. And I was like, please don't let this man botch this Braun Strowman jackhammer because this is going to be a mess. Um, but then I also called it out loud. I was I was there with friends and stuff, and I was like, he's going to reverse it into the power slam. Um, and then, it'll, you know, it's, it's going to end match. So reverses it, his power slam, it's another power slam, it's another power slam, it's another power slam. One, two, three. Right? Braun Strowman is officially now the world champion. Something that I think should have happened two to three years ago. Uh three I think three years ago is when it should have happened. Yeah, three years ago, 2017. Is when it should have happened two and a half years ago. Um, and it didn't. And ever since it didn't happen, like he cooled off. And I was just like, I don't even, I don't even care for this guy anymore. But then he turned heel, and I was like, okay, yeah, this could work. Uh, he had that match with uh, Roman inside Hell in a Cell, which was really good because all their matches are good. Uh, Brock interfered, of course. Uh, they were head for a three-way in which I think uh, Brock was there to, a lot of people assume Brock was there to take a pin so they wouldn't beat Strowman again. Yeah, Roman, of course, ended up uh, with leukemia, vacated the belt, Strowman and Brock one-on-one again, again, mind you, their first match was hyped as fuck, and everyone thought, okay, maybe they're going to pull the trigger, I didn't think so, because we were headed to Brock and Roman at WrestleMania 34, again, which I went to, and it was uh, awesome event to attend, and the main event was awesome because of the crowd, not because of the match, but I digress, uh, so he, he loses to Brock, I think Brock hits him with the belt, or Corbin hits him with the belt, and then Brock F5s him, like, once or twice, I think once, because at that time, no one was kicking out of the F5, and then he, he, no, this wasn't, yeah, yeah, this is the second time, I'm sorry, uh, so, yeah, uh, so he, he pins um, uh, Braun, and, like, that's it. And then Braun loses the Royal Rumble, of course. Um, and then he really does nothing. He goes to SmackDown. He's still doing nothing. And then he wins the Intercontinental title, like, out of the blue. And then he loses the Intercontinental title out of the blue. And then out of the blue again, he gets, re- he gets to replace Roman Reigns. Uh, Now, the rumor was that Jeff Hardy was supposed to be one of the replacements, and he was supposed to lose to uh, Goldberg, and that was going to be the only reason that Hardy was in there. 
that's a huge mistake. They should have thrown Jeff Hardy in there. Goldberg could have gone for a spear, right? Jeff would have sold that motherfucker perfectly. And he could have, like, rolled out of the ring from the spear, right? Close to the ropes, rolled out of, out of the ring. Uh, Goldberg tries to spear him on the outside. Boom! Crashes into the barricade. Jeff Hardy takes advantage, throws him through some tables or something. Takes advantage, you know, like the announce table, not, not the actual weapon tables, whatever, you know. That's weird that the announce tables aren't DQ, but another table DQ. But anyways, um, Jeff could have taken advantage, twist the fate in the middle of the ring, swanton bomb, one, two, three. Now, if the rumors are to be true, or, or to be believed, uh, Goldberg apparently refused to work with, or not work, but to lose to Braun, uh, Bray Wyatt. Um when he came back for the return match for the uh, universe title. He said it would damage his character, uh, hurt his image, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that to me is selfish. Goldberg is 55 years old. Or 54, 55, something like that. What the fuck? Do you, why do you care about losing to this young guy who is better than you I, like I don't get it. You you're not you're not Goldberg of 20 years ago. You're not athletic. You're not as strong. You know what I'm saying? Like it does not matter if you take this loss from this hot commodity right now. You know, like you were not needed in this situation. You could have came in, did your loss, that was it. Now, because I think he refused to lose to uh, Bray. I'm going to assume that he refused to lose to Jeff Hardy. Uh, And it could be that he didn't think Jeff Hardy looked like someone that could beat him. And he thought Braun Strowman was the only one that looks like um, he could beat him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know why these decisions were made. I don't know. I don't care. Don't bring Goldberg back if he's going to be a bitch. Don't. Don't bring his bitch ass back if he don't want to lose. Like, I don't... Fuck him. You know? And and also, fuck Braun Strowman. Like, if this was three years ago, two and a half years ago, whatever, I would have been happy for the guy winning the belt. I was also one of his big um, um, uh, supporters. Me and my brother and my dad. And my friends, like, we were all supporting this guy. We all thought he should have been world champion. But he fucked it up a few weeks ago with a tweet talking about how people shouldn't be asking other people for support during this time. Uh, They should get a better job. Uh, They should have money saved and this, this, and that. There is some truth to that. Yeah, I understand. You know, everyone should have a little something saved on the side. But we are all not fortunate enough to work for this multi-billion dollar company that pays us a million dollars a year plus royalties and merchandise and this this and that we are not fortunate for that you know braun was plucked out of like this big bodybuilding world i think at the age of 25 he reported to the wwe he's been there for like seven or eight years like he was given this opportunity because of his size and the way that he looks. That's it. Uh, so, Braun, fuck you. Goldberg, fuck you. Both of you guys fucking suck. I'm moving on to the main event of night one. So, 
When this happened, I told myself, of course, the main event of night one is going to be The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in the Boneyard match. Now, when I did my predictions, I did say that I think a Boneyard match was a buried alive match. And the only reason I came to that conclusion was because AJ and one of his promos said he was going to bury The Undertaker. And when he said that, I was just like, okay, it's a buried alive match. But they're just, you know, Vince had, likes to change the name of his matches. He called <clears throat> uh, the Inferno match now is like the Ring of Fire. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that happened between Kane and Bray back in 2013. He changed the name of that. Um, and I understand why he changed the name of the Boneyard match. He doesn't want to say Buried Alive or um, uh, a Graveyard match. Or not Graveyard. Uh, yeah, Buried Alive match. Because at this, in this time right now, in this pandemic, you know, people are dying and stuff and getting buried. And you don't want to say, oh, I'm buried alive and you're going to die. Whatever. But, okay. So let's talk about this match. This match was fucking awesome. I loved every single minute of it. It was shot uh, like an action movie. It had uh, the American badass Undertaker riding in on his motorcycle. It had AJ Styles doing an awesome entrance and from a casket. It had fucking jobbers dressed as druids getting their ass beat by the Undertaker. It had fire. It had Undertaker disappearing behind people. It had AJ getting buried with his hands sticking up from the ground. It had everything that I don't want to say that you could think of because I don't think you could have thought of this match. But it was so creative. It was the most creative match that I think the WWE has produced in fucking ever. I mean, they did, of course, uh, the the House of Horrors and the other uh, Ultimate Deletion, I think is what, what they called it, uh, uh, with Matt and Bray. But that was more of a Matt Hardy kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it was... Holy shit, it was awesome. I... I, I love this match. Uh, a lot of people are saying don't call it a match. I kind of agree. But then, you know, it's whatever. Uh, it's a match in my opinion. It was a brawl. These two basically went out. They just fought each other uh, at this, uh, it looked like, uh, I don't know, someone's backyard or something. They had, uh, they dug a, a grave. They had a tractor back there. Gallows and Anderson got involved. The Undertaker was using all kinds of powers. He was teleporting. He was lightning blasting and starting fires. He rode in uh, uh, with, my, with 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 uh, Metallica as his uh, uh, entrance music. He had uh, uh, the bike. He had the American badass look. Like it was awesome. Now, my one complaint on this match would be. I don't take it and come out to you don't in my you Yeah, that song, you know that song. I love it. I love that theme song for him. I wish that would have been what he came out to, but it's whatever. Uh there is a rumor now that from now on, when we see the Undertaker, it will be this version of the Undertaker, which I am perfectly fine with. I think the Phenom uh uh character has run its course, uh, especially in this day and age. And that's not to be disrespectful because I think The Undertaker is the best WWE wrestler, superstar, performer, whatever you want to call him, ever. He is the fucking Undertaker, but I think that gimmick should have ended after uh, WrestleMania 30 when he lost the streak. Uh, I think, 
I, I understand why they had him keep it because, of course, he faced Bray like the year later. But I, I'm so happy that he's back with the, with this American badass gimmick. They've got this whole documentary coming up on him that I'm excited to watch. This, ladies and gentlemen, I feel like is the actual end of The Undertaker that is coming up. Um, of course, this November uh, will be 30 years that he has been in the WWE, not in professional wrestling business, because, of course, he was in WCW and uh, I think USWA and shit like that. But this is I, I, I really feel like this is the end. This is the end of the line um, for The Undertaker. I have a strong feeling that next WrestleMania, he will be getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, and it's going to be sad in a way for me. Like I said, I'm a huge Undertaker fan. Uh, it was sad when he lost the streak. I, I was I was destroyed. I really was. I was I was pissed. I threw my phone. I, I didn't. I I had not watched that match back up until a few days ago. And I didn't even watch the whole match. I just watched towards the end. Um, and seeing, like, the reaction of fans and stuff like that, like, it was, oh, it was so surreal. Uh, uh, but, anyways, back to this Boneyard match. This match, in my opinion, was probably the best Undertaker match since WrestleMania 29 when he faced Punk. And I don't, I, I actually liked his Brock match. I know he got concussed and he didn't like it. And that's why he, he decided that he wanted to come back um, again for the Brock feud and another WrestleMania, stuff like that, because he didn't want to go out on that note. But I liked that match. I liked the Bray Wyatt match. I liked the uh, SummerSlam Brock match, the Hell on Cell Brock match. I liked the Brothers of Destruction versus um, Wyatt Family match. I enjoyed the Undertaker and uh, Rusev Casket match. Like, it, it takes a lot for a match to be terrible in my opinion because these guys like go out and you know they, they do their thing and they try to have a really good match and trust me i have seen some bad matches in the wwe i've seen bad matches on independent scene i've seen some bad matches when it comes to backyard wrestling i've seen bad matches everywhere uh, and undertaker has had bad matches trust me uh, great colleague terrible matches with the big show terrible heidenreich terrible uh <laughs> So trust me, I'm not I'm not sitting here riding the Undertaker's dick. Um, it's just I I've enjoyed his last few matches, but I really, really, really enjoyed this Boneyard match. And I know I'm talking about the Undertaker so much, but uh, AJ, of course, he fucking performed his ass off with uh, this match, too. And uh, kudos to him, like for just going out there and delivering a phenomenal performance with the undertaker i hope that somewhere down the line this year we get a rematch between these two in the ring uh i know a lot of people are saying they don't they wouldn't want to see taker in the ring just stick to straight movie kind of matches but i think i really believe aj can pull a great match uh out of him and i think it'll be good for the story i think you can say the undertaker has can beat aj in a straight up fight but when it comes to in ring wrestling ability agility you know athleticism you know this is where his oldness is going to show uh and they can use that in the story because that's kind of what the story was about aj calling Undertaker old and stuff aj can say i've got your number when it comes to being in this ring and there's not a damn thing you can do about it and they can build to a third match potentially at 
uh, Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble. And then when you head into WrestleMania, you can have the Undertaker's last match, preferably against Sting, and you can do another cinematic-style kind of match with those two because you don't want uh, Sting taking bumps, um, and I think that match would just be terrible if it was in the inside of an actual ring anyway. Um, so there's, a, there's just a ton that you can do going forward with uh, the American Badass version of uh, The Undertaker. But uh, anyways, guys, I really enjoyed WrestleMania night number one. I have been recording for 36 minutes straight with no breaks. So I'm actually going to break this up into two separate podcasts. I will review WrestleMania night two uh, in a separate podcast, uh, uh, probably uh, tomorrow um, before I catch up on NXT. So hope you all enjoyed and, uh, you know, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you can subscribe to um, Apple, Apple podcast, Spotify podcast, whatever. Uh, just go ahead and um, leave a subscribe. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys in the next podcast. This is DJ. I am out.